I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The key aspect is we simply don't move on. We don't just get over it. That's a perspective that's guaranteed to keep us stuck and handicapped. What happened is a part of us now. Whatever happened, it exists. It's a part of you forever. You're forever different, as Lee says, forever grieving to a degree. But we can still move forward to beautiful places. We can if we deal with it healthfully. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, Self-Helpful listeners. In this episode, moving forward when you can't move on, this is part four and the wrap up of my series on Dr. Lee Warren and the message in his book, Hope is the First Dose, a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. If you feel you haven't dealt with any big trauma, then I encourage you to still listen in as this will prepare you for when it comes into your life. That's not pessimistic, but if you leave a full life, uh, it's going to happen. Talking with Lee about the journey through tragic loss of his son and the deaths and loss that he encounters frequently as a brain surgeon, it was just sobering. And then talking further with Richie Norton in episode three about the loss of his son as well, it's really opened my eyes to what I feel are profound truths regarding how we can deal and move forward after significant pain and loss. The key aspect is we simply don't move on. We don't just get over it. That's a perspective that's guaranteed to keep us stuck and handicapped. What happened is a part of us now. 
Whatever happened, it exists. It's a part of you forever. You're forever different, as Lee says, forever grieving to a degree, but we can still move forward to beautiful places. We can if we deal with it healthfully. So here are nine key things that I'm working on, uh, trying to learn, honestly, from this series. So what I have here is nine points to ponder about loss and pain. Nine points that I am pondering. And then I pondered with Lee and with Richie in our previous episodes. The first one is loss. Just what is loss? And in these shows, we talked. Uh, I talked to two guys, both who had lost children. I have a, a good friend, uh, a woman, a uh, mom, who lost a son as well. Uh, and so the loss of a person is just dire. I haven't really experienced that much in my life. I've had some grandparents die, but that was expected. So nothing tragic to have a, to have a loss of anyone is a big deal, especially if it's tragic, if it is unexpected, uh, or if you're just so tight, you can't really understand going on without this person. Um, so I can, I can, uh, conceive of that, haven't experienced that, but that is a massive loss. And that was a lot of the focus of this series. Now we did also talk about the loss of a dream or a hope. And how that can be just as bad, maybe even worse for some people to really lose the hope of something can be amazingly tragic. That may be you. You can have the loss of uh, a memory, you know, loss of the past, even loss of things that don't exist anymore and are not going to be. They're gone. And then the loss of yourself, the loss of who maybe you were, maybe a loss of who you wanted to be, even if you don't despise or regret who you are now. Um, I can't say this is true for me, but I could, I guess there's some loss of, uh, I used to be a pro athlete and sometimes I can watch stuff and um, long for that again. And I'm not going to be a pro athlete at 52. Maybe it's even humanly possible, but it's not something I want to do at this point. I don't want to pay that, uh, pay the cost for that. But, you know, it can be the loss. Either way, loss, something that we have had. And, and we look at most of pain most of the pains that we have, it's around a type of loss, a feeling of loss. So just understanding that we feel a pain and it is around a loss of some type. So to understand that. And then trauma, looking at trauma, which is an overlapping theme in my shows. So much of personal development is necessitated by to, to get over trauma, to resolve it. Not maybe again, not to get over. I need, I need to keep reworking that in my own vernacular. We, maybe we don't get over it, but to resolve it, to come to some sort of a resolution. Uh, Lee says that trauma is your reaction to what happened. It's not what happened itself. It's your reaction to what happened. If you're a psychopath, you have no reaction and you don't feel trauma. We're human. We're going to feel trauma about something generally, but it's going to be around uh, usually a loss, a fear. Even if we didn't lose something, it's a fear of what could have happened, but it is a tr it's a reaction. And even just understanding that helps us understand ourselves. This is a reaction I'm having to this thing. I uh, have talked about... Uh, with my friend Randy, Dr. Randy James, about fasting. We have done fasting a lot. Fast for a day, fast for three days. We each fasted for five days, one time. Maybe I'll do it again. Uh, I don't look forward to that, but we fasted and it was okay. We didn't feel trauma from that. But imagine being locked in a room and deprived of food. That can be traumatic. That's an example of the trauma is our reaction to it often and how we perceive it. 
And nothing changes what is, Lee talked about. Nothing changes it. Only how we feel about it is what can change us. He said, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And again, he's dealing with traumatic loss every day as a brain surgeon. Um, we grieve that trauma and grieve properly. We talked about that. Um, I don't remember if it was Lee or Richie that about look at the five stages of grief, but he says, even those were not, they're not, they don't relate to everything. The five stages of grief related to a certain type of grief. And I think it was being told that you were going to die, being given a terminal diagnosis. And that was a five stages of grief. That's different than other types. So learning how to grieve, and you may need to look at the type of loss that you feel and how to grieve that well. This wasn't a, a, a series on grief and how to grieve well. So that may be something that you would look into. But trauma is your pain. And your pain is your pain. It, if it hurts, it just does. We don't need to minimize it. We don't need to judge it. I sure have done that. I think we all have a tendency to do that. We compare it and we judge it. We minimize it. And it does nothing to help us resolve the pain. It does nothing to lessen the pain. So let's just not. That's what I'm trying to learn. Not judge it, not minimize it. It just is. What am I feeling? Why? What's the, what's the meaning I'm attaching to that, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and then Lee said, trauma does not define us. It's our choices that do. Our choices as a result of that trauma. And we've all seen that. We've either experienced it. We've seen it with other people. Trauma happened and somebody made choices based on feelings and beliefs that hurt them or helped them, that hurt others or helped others. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, 
but getting them to actually give their payment info is. And Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, third point here is honor, the word honor. And that was significant when Lee shared that he decided to honor his son by not letting his son's death ruin his life. How would he, if his son were living, and of course he believes in uh, a spiritual aspect, and in that regards, how would he honor his son? By being devastated and decimated and destroyed by his death and from then on just being the man who lost a son and never got past that? Or could he honor his son by living? I'm going to keep repeating this, not getting over it, not leaving it behind, but by living, but by going forward and honoring the trauma. This is what Richie Norton talked about, honoring the trauma and the pain, giving honor to that, you know, that feeling is not to the event, especially if it was, and let's talk about that, honoring yourself, especially when you're victimized to think about being victimized in the worst way, especially like an abuse and a, and a violation by someone but to honor yourself when you're that victim, to not let that person ruin you. You are choosing to, I'm going to honor myself by being able to reconcile, resolve to some degree and move forward, not move past, but again, move forward. And that's our fourth point here is looking at, uh, you're never going to get over it. That was such a big point of this. You're never going to get over it. And this is Lee's point. You're not moving on, not leaving it behind, but you're moving forward. Uh, and Richie talked about, and that thing that happened, that loss, that pain, and he looks at it, the loss of his son as something that he carries on his back. And now that's going to sound bad, but he says, yeah, he feels like he carries, it. he's never going to leave it. It's always going to be there. And he feels like it stacks on. Now we did talk about carrying that and going forward. And what does that look like and feel like? Uh, is, are you carrying that forward as a burden that weighs you down or are you carrying it, carrying it as a joy? Um, or a, a, uh, a benefit to some degree, a light in some degree. Uh, we brought up, it's a scripture. I believe it's Matthew 28 in the Bible. It doesn't matter what you believe if you're a faith-based person, biblical-based person, but in it, Jesus talks about taking on his yoke, Y-O-K-E. And he says, uh, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, Y-O-K-E, upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy 
and my burden is light, which he's, he's talking about the yoke, Y-O-K-E. It's a wooden cross piece that's fastened over the necks, usually back then of a, a couple big, uh, like cattle and, uh, and it attaches them to a plow. So he's saying my yoke. What's interesting to me is he's saying there's still a yoke. He's not saying, Hey, come on and you'll never have to plow. You'll never have to pull. There will never, never be a weight or a burden to bear. He said, no, there still will be. It's life. It's life. And I'm not going to go into the life is hard and life is unfair. I don't necessarily believe that, but man, life, especially a, a well-lived life is challenging. It's challenging. I have nine kids, man. That is challenging. I'm not looking at it as a burden, but man, that takes some work. So I'm still going to have a yoke, but if it's all on me and if I'm carrying it like a burden, that's a heavy yoke. I want a light yoke. I want one I can smile with still have joy with. And we talked about, especially with Richie, you know, do we look at that as, okay, I'm carrying this now. Do I become stronger? I would think so. It's an, it's an opportunity to become burdened by it, overwhelmed and, and handicapped because it's so weighty on us or to carry it. And now I have, I have more strength and I have more strength than other people who have not experienced this. Doesn't make you better. They've got strengths in other areas that you don't have that I don't have. But we're stronger. And I would think wiser that we can be, we can be stronger and wiser. Just because you had something hard happen to you does not make you stronger and wiser. It can make you. And that is where you have the responsibility. Richie called it a humble power. That was powerful. A humble power. All right. Number five then is reconciling. That was a big issue to me that we tend to want to reconcile. We want to make sense of it. Why did it happen? Why did it happen to us? Why did it happen to that person? We want to find some purpose and some meaning because we're trying to make it hurt less. And, you know, Richie even talked about he, he, at some point after a series of tragic tragedies said, does God hate me? And this is a guy who believes staunchly in God. And he felt like, does God hate me? I love the humility of that admission. And yet the issue that concerns me here that I care about this issue is, does the reconciliation really help? We see movies, you know, where somebody's going to go to the end of the earth to get revenge or to get justice or to figure it out because they're trying to make it not hurt so bad. And what Lee Warren says, 10 years after the tragic death of his son, and if you don't remember, if you didn't hear it, his son was found at 19 years old, found in a house, stab wounds to the neck, dead. His best friend found there also with one stab wound. Police came in and said, well, we're going to assume that Mitch, Lee's son, killed the other guy with one stab wound and then killed himself. And that was it. They cleaned up the scene and went on. It's never be resolved, never be resolved, never be absolved. And Lee's saying as much as he wanted to know, and to some degree, maybe still wants to know, he says, it really wouldn't matter now. 10 years later, he says, it wouldn't matter. No matter what I heard, my son's gone. And I'm kind of past if he was the victim, if he was the perpetrator, no matter what, any of that could have been dealt with maybe, but he was, he was gone 10 years ago. He's gone now and it wouldn't matter. And how much time and effort and heartache did he spend trying to understand, trying to reconcile, which I get, I would want to know too. And yet I'm hearing this and I want to learn it because if that thing happens to me, can I maybe move on sooner without so much heartache and burden and pain? And again, you know, Lee saying, when something hurts, you will not be the same. You can never go back to your old life. And that sounds pessimistic and negative, but I think it's good to get out there on the table because again, we're trying to reconcile it. Can we just get back to normal? He said, no, not the old normal. You can find a new normal, one where you may be stronger, you may be wiser, 
always going to be a burden, always going to be some grief and some tears. And on that aspect of reconciling, uh, I don't remember which one of them said, but we kind of came to the thought of, you know what, to look at it and go, that sucked, but I might as well get something out of it. And I'm going to end with a little piece on that. Six, justifying. We want to justify it. Um, I think it was Richie who said the best revenge is not getting back, but just becoming better, not trying to justify it. And one of them said that we lie to ourselves when we try to justify it. We try to make sense in it. We try to, you know, to, to reconcile it in a faith-based community. Sometimes you'll say, well, God had a purpose. That's what I grew up with. God had a purpose. God has all things in control. God has a plan for this. Um, I, that's a faith. That's a faith that I don't share always. Can God redeem it? Can he create some goodness out of it? Yes. But does that justify it? Does that balance out the scales? Man, if it's my kid that dies, no, no. Uh, Richie even got into on that point, the worst things to say to someone when your child dies or when you have a big loss and, and, and we went through some, you can go listen to that show, but ultimately he says, don't. Don't offer much of anything. You're not going to make this right. You're not going to make me feel better. Just show up and shut up. That's what he said. Show up and shut up. So when you are with someone who's had a loss, don't try to figure out the best thing to say. You're not going to make it better. Just be with them. And I have experienced some loss and I can testify to that. I had a son in the hospital. I shared that in one of the episodes that we thought was going to die uh, or, or have some significant handicaps. And the things that people said often did not help. And it's, but it's also, it's made it hard for me when I have somebody who has something similar happen. I don't know what to say. I haven't always, I've always wondered, what can I say to help? And Richie's saying, just don't. don't. You're helped by being there, by being aware, by walking with me. We often, I had Whitney Goodman on the show. Uh, her book is Toxic Positivity and how we so often somebody has a pain and we just try to make it better. Oh, it could have been worse. Or we try to find some little justification. Don't. That's not a positivity that they need. They just need you to be there with them. Show up and shut up. Number seven here, preparing for resilience. Lee said to build a system. You want to build a system to be resilient. Again, you're not going to get over it. You're forever changed. You're not going to redeem it all, but you can redeem what you can, gain some strength and insight and wisdom, and use it. Help other people. Help yourself. But for all of us to look at this and go, you know, it, maybe something's happened to you. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe it will. And I talked about, I shared about that. It sounds morbid, but the fact that I have nine kids, four grandchildren, my odds are greater that something could happen, that I could have a loss of a child. My grandfather father lost one of his daughters, one of my aunts. Uh, and at the time he said, no parent should ever have to feel the loss of a child, see the loss that should never be at the death of their child, go to their burial. And he was devastated by that. There's a chance. I think it's arrogant to think that I won't. Um, I'm not going to expect that at all. My gosh. But what can I do now to prepare for resilience? And that's with any pain, with any loss. I can lose my physical abilities. I could be in a tragic uh, thing. I could lose my work, uh, my ability to work. I could lose uh, uh, hopes and dreams that I have. You know, what can I do 
if and when something happens to be resilient. I need to be preparing now. Number eight, trouble and grieving uh, and abundance. We, we looked at, and I didn't pull them out. It was again in the Bible, John, that Lee Warren pulled out a couple seemingly opposing verses. And one was God saying, there will be trouble in your life. And then God saying, and I came to bring you abundance. And we got into the discussion of without trouble and grieving, can we really have abundance? Can we really have great gratitude? And it's interesting, not that we're going to go, go, go out today and, and look for trouble and grieving so that we have more gratitude and abundance, but the people I've experienced in my life who have the greatest abundance of spirit, of joy, of hope in their lives are the ones that have suffered the biggest traumas. Now, some of the most wrecked people I've ever met also had big traumas that they were not able to reconcile, to resolve, and to come to some health with. So I'm not, uh, it's a double-edged sword there. But if you can look at what has happened to you and say, man, that, give, that can give me reason to have greater abundance, greater joy, greater hope, greater faith. That's powerful. Lee talked about the uh, the biodome. If you're old enough, they had this uh, biodome. You can look it up. The biodome where they tried to have a, an ecosystem, a life for people inside of a dome, and that the trees kept dying, and they couldn't figure out why. They would did just what I would have thought of: uh, great soil, uh, great you know fertilizer, great water, sunlight, everything. They kept dying. It's because they had no wind. They had no trauma. They had no stress, which is just like uh, if you've ever had a broken arm or a broken leg and you get a cast on that. I've had that a couple of times. And man, in a, just a matter of weeks, you're, you're, you're so atrophied, atrophied, uh, the muscle's gone and we need that, you know, we need that stress. Now, again, we're not going to go out and look for tra tragedy and triumph or tragedy and trauma, but if that happens, it has the ability, the opportunity to give us strength. And there's a bigger, bigger topic on stress in general. We all need an amount of stress uh, to remain strong. Otherwise we do atrophy. And then last number nine, and I, I mentioned this before, but such a big thing that came out of this, we assign meaning. This is what Richie brought to us. We can assign meaning to something back to that, that justification. Why did this happen? Why did it happen to me? And we're trying to figure it out. And, and he said, Instead of trying to find the meaning, assign a meaning to it. You decide the story. You decide the redemption. I say, I'm saying you folks, and I, it's me too. And I have things in my life I can do this with now. That's why I said I'm learning this. I want to learn this. I don't want this just to be knowledge and I go on to the next series. I want this to be something that I learn and it's implanted in my life so I can deal well with this stuff so that we can assign meaning. Instead of trying to find, so when you just find yourself trying to find, to seek out meaning, try assigning meaning to it. And I'm going to end with Richie's statement of asking, who am I going to be because of this thing that happened to me? Who am I going to be because of this thing that happened to me? And Lee's, Dr. Lee Warren, the author that is our, cat, our, our muse here, and he said, I do not want to be, I did not want to be forever that guy whose son died. 
that guy whose son tragically died. And that's what I'm known by. That's not a service to, he at least said it's not a service to myself, to my family, to my dead son, to my God, to myself. It, it's not serving any of us. So who am I going to be because of this thing that happened to me? And now he says, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who, who overcame to a point who is moving forward, not moving on, not leaving behind, not getting over, but is moving forward and having abundance back to that. So a powerful message. I, I really encourage you, um, you know, at, at risk of, of, of saying, share my show, but this topic, if not sharing this show in this series with somebody who's dealt with trauma or who, who is likely to, which is everybody, uh, to share Lee's book again with them. Well, friends, I hope this episode, this series serves to help you deal with pain and equip you when it comes your way. Huge thanks to Dr. Lee Warren for his second time here on the show and his insight and heart and bringing this message to us from his new book, Hope is the First Dose, a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. Again, you can find the book anywhere and you can find him at WLeeWarrenMD.com. WLeeWarrenMD.com. And thanks to Richie Norton for joining me to discuss this second time co-hosting with me after I've had him twice on the show for his, his books as well. But thank him for his wisdom, his vulnerability and sharing his story and his perspective. Uh, you can find him at Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E, Norton.com. And here's to all of you who have experienced pain and loss in your life, tragedy and trauma. And to all of you who surely will, uh, if you're going to live a full life. Let us deal with it well. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 